Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Okay, let's, um, let's, let's pray. Let's get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word. In Jesus' mighty name. Say loud amen. Amen. Or do you want me to tell you to say amen like thunder? Okay, so we started a conversation on why people do not receive their financial harvest. And... um, Pastor Mary did an awesome job on giving. How many of you enjoyed the two sessions on giving? Just five people. I said, how many of you enjoyed the session on giving? All right. I know money is a big issue. We'll talk about it in church. And, uh, but that's what everybody goes to work for Monday to, to Sunday. Not even Monday to Friday now, because people who work on Sundays. And they have been some form of extreme in the, in the subject of money, especially in the local church. And because of that, sometimes pastors shy away from it and uh, members also shy away from it. And so it's important that we, it's important that we take a look at it where the, the Bible is concerned or the Word of God is concerned. And um, there are two extremes I mentioned on Wednesday. First of all, I said there are the extreme where people say, well, I'm giving to God and I'm not expecting anything. I'm just giving to God out of love. All right? I think my brother mentioned it during the review. And uh, there are also the extreme where people just say, you know what? If I give to God, he must pay me back. For, for, for those people, giving is business. Instead of Naira bet, it's Bible bet. All right? So it's, 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 it's exchange, it's transaction. You would even hear them say, well, send your offering or message. Send, speak to the offering. So they declare the offering. So I'm going to come back with uh, more 500 notes, bring 200, <laughs> you know, all this kind of stuff. So that's one extreme. But there is a balance on the road. First of all, I, I, I don't think it's very spiritual to say, I'm just giving because I love God. I'm not expecting anything in return. Because the Lord doesn't tell you to do that. He tells you to expect something in return. And we said that on Wednesday, right? How many of you were here on Wednesday? Okay. Did I preach to only five people on Wednesday? I'm not sure. Did I preach to only five people on Wednesday? How many of you were here on Wednesday service? We did establish the fact that God wants us to expect in return when we give. Did we do that? We talked about three scriptures. What's the first one? Look at your notes. What's the first one? Sorry? How many of you were here on Wednesday? Sure, the mic is not loud enough. How many of us were here on Wednesday? See your hands. How many of us wrote something down on Wednesday? See your hands. All right. Open your notes. What did you write? You wrote Malachi. What happened to Malachi? <laughs> okay, tell me, what did you write? Malachi 3.10. What did we read Malachi 3.10 about? What, what did we establish from Malachi 
God says, prove me now. So God says, if we tithe, we can prove him. Are we clear on that? Number two, what's the scripture we read? 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. What did we establish with that scripture? God promises us that if we sow, he'll make all grace abound to us. I'm, I'm believing very strongly that none of you in this place came for Wednesday service. Am I? Is my, if my, is my prophetic grace very sharp? That none of you in this place was here on Wednesday. Was anybody in this Baptist church here on Wednesday? Were you here? Okay. So all of you, you are the non... You are those that have made a covenant with God that only Sunday shall you appear before the Lord. Alright, third scripture. Proverbs 19, 17. What does the word tell us there? If we give to the poor, we are giving loans to God. And what did the Bible say God would do with the loans? He would repay us. Amen. Now, it's important that you... The reason I'm taking my time to teach this is important that you understand these things from the scriptures. Very important. So you're not just carried away by some uh, bogus revelation of some people teaching, well, just give to the Lord, just give out of love. We give out of love. But whatever is not of faith is seen. God expects us that when we give, we put our faith in there for a harvest. You, you, you need to learn how to use your faith to believe and to receive from God. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, so we talked about how many reasons? I said we have 12. How many did we do on Wednesday? Three. Alright. But before then, we talked about knowing how to put your sickle in and to harvest. Did we talk about that? And we read Proverbs chapter 10, verse 5. Okay, and we said that a lazy son sleeps during harvest. Uh, when I teach, you do a lot of writing. What, what do you write, actually? Because when I'm asking for what I taught, then everybody is wondering. Praise God. You say what? You say what? <laughs> Alright. Now, it's important that I'm sure that the notes you are taking uh, the things I'm saying. So, I, I, I just want to go over this again. What did we talk about on Wednesday? Uh, three reasons why. We don't receive a harvest. What's the first one? Okay, I don't want anyone here answering. All the choir roll, nobody here. Let's, these three rows, let's see. Giving out of what? Giving out of obligation and duty. We shouldn't give out of obligation and duty. Okay, number two. Someone out from the back. Not those friends, front row. Someone out from the back. What's the second reason we gave? Yeah, we expect a financial harvest without creating a system of receiving. So I get the drift now. The drift is about pointing people. That, that's what works, right? Say, okay, everybody stand up. Once you answer, you will sit down. Do, 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 we, do we go that? <laughs> do we go, I know some, people are good, some people will just go to the one and say, Pastor, don't worry, I will start trying this. <laughs> okay, number three. What's number three? We must create, so it's important, we must create a system for harvest because people just feel like, especially when pastors share testimonies, you know, pastors like us, we share testimony, well, I went to this place, somebody gave me an envelope, there was 600,000, there was 50,000, so we also expect that that's how God is going to meet your needs. 
And I said, no, God meets our needs that way because as I'm teaching you the word, I'm giving you spiritual service. I'm working. I'm working right now. And the way God rewards the minister is that those who are blessed give to the minister. But for you, it's not like that. You have to create a system where God can pass your harvest through. Because when they tithe it, he said, I would open the windows of heaven and your vine will not be destroyed. That means you must have something planted on the ground. So you don't take your pastor's testimony as the way God is going to reward you. Or neither do you take uh, excessive African magic um, uh, um, movie as the way God is going to reward you. Thinking that arm robbers are going to rob the bank you know, and, and then police will be pursuing them. Then they will throw the bag of money close to a fence. And then in the morning when you wake up and you're trying to walk, you just see a bag of money and then your destiny has opened up. It will not happen that way. You must have a system. You must have something you're doing. Are you still here? Then number three, what do we talk about? Observing the clouds. So when we look at the clouds, we do not reap. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 4. Okay, so your confession, your declaration. So get the Wednesday message. Let's pick up from here. We have 12 friends. Let's pick up from here. Number four, and we talked about that this morning. One of the reasons why people do not receive their financial harvest. Now, let me pause. Let me, let me go back. There was a scripture we read this morning. Uh, give me the amplified version. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9. Just to establish again that when we honor the Lord, the Lord rewards us. Proverbs chapter 3. I'd like to use the amplified version because I want to point out something. Okay. Proverbs 3 verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your capital. Your capital will mean your, your, your income now. And sufficiency. Now, the reason I read the amplified version, can we all look up here please, is the Bible puts in bracket from your righteous labors. So, we, we are not talking of you giving from unrighteous labors. It's important. You know, because sometimes people give money that they have made from stealing and they feel that when they tithe, the money becomes righteous. No. God is not expecting you to dupe people and give to him. So you have workers, for instance. You agreed you were going to pay them 20000 You ended up changing all their money, changing up their money, ended up paying them nine five. And then you now bring the balance and say you want to tithe because God has blessed you. It's unrighteous. So what God receives is righteous labels. We must establish that. God is not looking for drugs money. God is not looking for money that have been taken from the government, fake contract money, and all that. It's very important that as Christians we put that marker on because... We've come to a place where the lines are very blurred. And that's very important. God is not just asking you to give because he wants money. It's a part of your worship. Praise the name of the Lord. Are we still here? Alright. Say amen if you're here. Okay. Honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency from righteous labors and with the first fruits of all your income. What's, What's the next line? Verse 10. It says... So shall your storage places be filled with plenty and your vats shall be overflowing with new wine. Even, even this scripture tells us that if we honor the Lord, it's going to reflect in our lives. You see, giving is an act of faith. And I said that, when I, you know, sometimes when some people give and they see the basket, the offering basket going, 
going away, it, they, they, they look at it with a sense of loss. Oh, oh, he's gone. <laughs> or, or they transfer money into the church account and they see successful. So in their mind, successfully lost. It's gone. Praise God. You, you must not have that mindset when you give. Right? You must not have that mindset when you give. Giving is part of your worship. And you must give in faith. Every time the Lord had personally instructed us as a family to increase our giving, we've seen increase come into our lives. Every time. It's an act of faith. You know, there are certain times the Lord would ask us to give. The certain instruction the Lord gave to to us as a family in the last month to give something way, way beyond what we've ever given in our life. I mean, it, it took a lot of faith. It took a lot of faith. I had to get more messages on faith, listen, listen, build my faith up because I didn't want to give with a sense of loss. So we all have to act on the word of God if we want to see harvest. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Alright, number four, not seeking and putting God first. Not seeking and putting God first. Why is it that people don't receive their harvest? They don't put God first. It's like what we read this morning in the book. Esteeming uh, earthly things lightly. You see, many people are conscious of what to eat, what to drink, what to wear. You must learn to put the kingdom of God first. Luke chapter 6, please. Luke chapter 6 and verse 32. You know, we read this all the time and we trust the Lord that we are going to put this to work in our lives. Luke 6, 32. Uh, let's... Mm. Let's read from verse... Uh, no, let's two thirty-eight. Right? It says, Give... And it will be given to you. They'll pour in. No, 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 no. They'll, okay, they'll pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. So it talks about your giving and your receiving. Your giving and your receiving. It's important to understand that we cannot receive if we don't put in us ourselves in a position to give. We cannot receive if we do not put ourselves in a position to give. Now, go with me again to Matthew chapter 6 and let's look at verse 31 to 33. And we'll come back to Luke. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 says, Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat or what will drink or what will we wear for clothing? Verse 32, it says, for the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. The Gentiles seek what to eat, what to drink, what to wear. It says, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Can we establish something here? Whatever the Gentiles are seeking, God knows that you need. And I think our brother talked about it. God is a good God. He cares about us. God knows you need to feed your family. God knows you need all these things. And he says, your heavenly father knows. He says, but don't go about it the way the Gentiles go. The Gentiles seek it. 
You know, and I've said this many times. Many times people say, oh, but what about the people who don't serve you? They have money. What about... See, the truth of the matter is that you can have money without God. I, I don't know why we always make it look like it's, it's, if you don't have God... You, if, money, if money is your problem, you don't really need to serve God to have money. That's the truth. Because the primary purpose of Jesus coming is actually not to make you rich. It's to get you saved. So take your mind from all those you know, this one that is not serving God he also has money, if that is your problem, you really do not need to serve God to have money are you hearing what I'm saying? but you realize that the scripture says that the Gentiles seek after these things, that's their whole pursuit, there's more to life than your material needs it's more to life then he goes on to say but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. What is his kingdom and his righteousness? Seek God's way of doing things, the Amplified says. How does God do things? Seek God's way. It says, and all these things will be added to you. It says, but seek, aim at, strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, and then all these things taken together will be given you besides. It'll come to you. Seeking the kingdom, listen, it's very important you understand this. Seeking God will not take things away from you. It'll bring things to you. And then don't go and be very righteous and say, you know, I just love Jesus. I just want him. He's only him I want. I don't want anything. You can get him plus something. Are you hearing this? Somebody in this house this morning? God will give us these things, but we've got to put the kingdom first. Put the kingdom first. So many do not receive from God because they do not put the kingdom first. Let's go to Haggai chapter 1. Haggai chapter 1. And look at the story in the book of Haggai chapter 1. And I'll just read from verse 1 to 6. In the second year of Darius the king, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came by the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, the son of Shethel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, saying, verse 2, God speaking, Thus says the Lord of hosts, These people says, The time has not come, even the time for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, saying, Haggai 1, we're in verse 4 now, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your panicked houses while this house lies desolate? Verse 5, Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. You know, the, the, people say, the people kept building their house, kept building their house. They say, you know what? It's not time to build the house of God. You know, there are many people like that, right? All your plans are for yourself now. You know, there are some people who, who say, when I finish working, when I retire, I will really serve God. So, you know, it's God that deserves your old age. Hmm? It's God that deserves your old age. You know, for, for, for some people, what they give to God is after expenses. They just finished, you know, house rent, this one, that one, this one, that one, that one, that one, that one. They will even buy dog food. Just dog food, then later I say, hey, what is left? That's where they now consider God. You know, so some people say, don't worry, when God has really blessed me, blessed me very well, I will surprise God. You will surprise Him. <laughs> Hmm? 
And some of you give your tithes like you're doing contribution. Say, God, hold this one first. We'll settle one or two things. We'll come back to you. <laughs> so in January, you say, January, half tight. Then February, say, balance January and two weeks <laughs> of. Um, what, is, what, is, what is the issue? Eh? Then after a while, you now forget your record. Say, oh God, I can't remember when. So since I cannot remember and since your own notes. Is not up to date. We just, everything balanced. We are starting again from July. <laughs> That's why all those Orthodox church, when your mother dies, they will not bring the notes. Eh? And check. You do because, and, and you know, sometimes I don't blame them because if everybody was not giving to that church that way, how will the church run to bury your mother? The building will not be there. The priest would have died of hunger. You would open the vestry and discover that the priest is already smelling. He went down and said, oh, he hasn't eaten since last year. And you, you were in the city building all kinds of things. But then you want him in the village now to come and help you to bury your mother. So they bring the notes and clear your mother's debts. Before, and you think God is, not, God is never angry with them. God is pleased with them. Where is God in your finances? Where, it's not about I give to God. Where does he occupy? He says it's not time to build the house of God. Said, we will, it's one, it wasn't like they didn't want to build the house. They had the plan. Some of you have very fantastic plan for your pastor. It's only that the man would have died before you execute. Hmm? Very fantastic plan for the house of God. Very fantastic plan for the kingdom of God. Very fantastic plan for missionaries. Never executed. Look at what God told them was the outcome of this, their attitude. Look at it. It says, you have sown much, but harvest little. It says, you eat, but there is not enough to be satisfied. You drink, but there is not enough to become drunk. You put on clothing, but no one is warm enough. <laughs> this is interesting. And say, he who ends, ends wages to put into a purse with holes. Hmm? This can typify some people's life when you don't put God first. All the labor, nothing to account for it. How much does it really take to be of a blessing to God, to the kingdom? How much? If you take that out from everything you are spending, your life will not go down. That's the truth. It will never go down. It's an act of faith. I don't think anybody has enough to give. Anybody who is giving is giving out of what? Faith and love. So, it says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, verse 7, Consider your ways. Go up to the mountains. Bring wood and rebuild the temple. And I may be pleased with it and be glorified, says the Lord. You look for much, but behold, it comes to little. He said, when you bring it home, I blow it away. God, God is the one. <laughs> You know, not everything in our lives is Satan. He said, I blow it away. Why, declares the Lord of hosts, because of my house, which is desolate. Why each of you runs to his own house? God is giving you the reason for the blowing. Hallelujah. He says, consider your ways. Why is it that we don't get a harvest? We don't put the kingdom of God first. 
You see, there is a reason your thoughts come in first. It wasn't be, it's not just because of the 10%. It's acknowledging the Lord that you have preeminence in my finances. That's the reason. You know, like I said, some things were taken to the extreme, but there were some cultures that really made us feel like we can really give to God. You know, I remember um, my Church of God Mission pastor, younger days, when I mean my parents, Church of God Mission, you know, he would always tell us, don't give God the old notes. Yeah. It looked like, ah, you know, in the area of grace, you can even give God the tattered notes. God still loves you like that. No problem. You know, one of the things we've done is we've taken the grace message to the extreme that there's zero discipline. Hmm? So you see, when money comes into our home, then my mom will arrange the new notes for offering. Wanted to give to God. And I said it on Wednesday. In the book of Hagar, the Lord, the, the Lord questioned their, their offerings and their sacrifices. He says, look at the goats that you bring to me. He says, the, the things you give to me. He says, go and give them to your governor if you will accept them. He says, you bring blind animals. Blind animals. You see them bringing animals to the priest, and the animal is walking this way. The priest is saying, Why is it going there? He said, The God knows they see. <laughs> the God said, This God knows they see. And priests have to be guiding the goats, the lame, the blind. That's what they brought to God. And God says, Go and give this to your governor. When we go for funerals, see how we are conscious of what we are going to spray. We prepare it. We plan it. And then when it's offering time, you look into your pocket. Look into your pocket. If by mistake you bring a word of note, you say, ah, sh- sh-. tell the usher, go, don't, don't, don't put pressure on me. With, with them. They don't pressure anybody in this church. Go, go. I will come and give you people. And what they are looking for is 15 naira, 20 naira, 10 naira. Five naira. I know some of you still have coins <laughs> that you are planning to give all the days of your life. It's about priority. It's about honoring God. Are you following what I'm saying? You see, God never really tells us so much about the quantity. He always tells us about how we do it, why we do it, and the place it occupies. The word first in the Greek is proton. It means first among equals. First in the order of priorities. If you studied scale of preference in economics, that's what it means. You put God first. So we don't receive our harvest because we're not putting the kingdom of God first. Hallelujah. Number five. Are you still here? Say amen if you're here. Alright. Five. Number five. Being wasteful. Being wasteful. Why is it that we don't get our harvest? We're wasteful. People are wasteful. Only a foolish king would continue to make supplies available to wasteful subjects. How many of you constantly give to people who waste resources? Hmm? Interesting. I was studying something on this. If I have the time, I'll put this into a book. But I was studying something on this. I want to read something. Do you realize 
how many of you realize, well, if you follow developmental economics or all these NGO stuff, how many of you realize that a lot of foreign aids they used to give to African countries had been stopped? Yeah? Do you know why they stopped it? Waste. Waste. Let me read something to you. Many African countries still rely heavily on foreign aid. However, several studies have shown that foreign aid has failed to deliver sustainable economic growth and poverty reduction. The fact that foreign aids are currently practiced has failed to achieve its poverty reduction target in Africa. Over 75% of the world's poor live in Africa today. In 1970, the figure was 10%, and by, by 2030, economy says 90% of the world's poor will be in Africa by 2030. You know, Africa is the only continent in the world where official aid inflow outstrips private capital inflow by large margin. Right? And this is problematic. You know, so a couple of things here. So, I mean, just, just some data here. AIDS has not, not HIV AIDS now. Uh, financial AIDS haven't helped Africa because we're wasteful. A government comes, starts a bridge, Hmm? another government come and say who gave that government power to start a bridge cancels the contract then he now starts a flyover under that bridge <laughs> then another government come and say who, who, who are those past two in fact they them scatter everywhere hmm? Africa is where it is because we waste resources waste resources on governance one man is going somewhere there are 52 cars with him you have one local government chairman, 17 special advisors, 17 PA to the special advisors, 17 assistant PA to the PA, who is the NN, 60 people advising one man. Why will he not be confused? <laughs> we waste resources. People are going to pilgrimage. Government will sponsor them. For what? Whether they are Christians or they are Muslims, the government has no business supporting any religious person who wants to go to the Holy Land. That's your problem. If I was president of this country, that was the first thing I would strip. You want to go to Mecca, you're on your own. You want to go to where Ifa Shrine started, you're on your own. You want to go to Jerusalem, it's your problem. It's not a national problem. It has nothing to contribute to the development of the nation, whether you go to Israel or not. But we can look at the government and, and say, it is true, Pastor. It is true. Your own life. Where, where are the aids that your uncle has been giving you? All the support. Hmm? The last money they gave you for business, where is it? I'm asking you. Hmm? The last money they gave you. Wasteful. Some of us have worked for years. There is no sign that we have worked. You know, let me tell you something. Many feel that when they come into money, they would learn to manage. No. If we calculate some of, some of our salaries in the past five years we'll be working and we put the total sum together and we look at our lives, there's no reflection. And now, let me say this, especially on this island, this blessed island of ours, let me tell you two things you must deal with. 
sometimes there can be a lot, it seems to be a lot of money on this island. Hmm? Just get one work on site. I pay you 300. Another person is using me for fulfillment. If you go out there, you realize that some of the money some of us are getting in a month here is what some people are getting in, in, in a year. And they are able to survive. And they are paying light bill. They are doing generator. They are fighting strike. You know, yeah, we don't even strike. If they say, oh, they are angry here. They will just tie leaf in front of companies. So they say they just tie green leaf. It's not a protest that very peaceful. Light is free. Air condition is blue. What do you do with your money? Waste. So, so you must learn to manage. If no, God will not keep committing resources to your hand. Forget how much you give. If you are wasteful, God won't put more resources in your hands. You must learn management. Must learn management. Luke chapter 16, verse 10, it says, He that is faithful in little shall be faithful in much. He that is faithful in little shall be what? Faithful in what? In much. Faithful in little, faithful. Learn to manage. Don't be wasteful. You see, let me tell you something. The tendency of being wasteful when money starts coming into your life is very high. How many of you know when you don't have money and you are eating? You know how you eat, you know, you scrape. You don't even need to wash the plates for some of you. By the time you are done with that plate, they can just actually go and keep it in the basket. It's clean. Some of you will finish with spoon, then you now drop the spoon and start with your tongue. <laughs> clean. They can actually just pick the plate, put it in the basket. If not for disease, it's clean. Now you are blessed. Hmm? Cooking domain, just take one spoon. Oh, I don't like I don't like chicken flavor. That one is thrown away. Meat, ah, I don't like the skin. I like the inside. Look at you. You don't like skin of meat. When in those days, when you saw small meat, you would eat everything, eat everything. The meat will be standing and looking at you. You would like something reserved for the gods. You have forgotten so soon. You know, we have short memories. You have forgotten so soon that there were days you went to bed without food. So soon. Now, if we look at your dustbin, it's enough to feed the family. And in your mind, you are enjoying life. You are wasteful. Jesus says, gather the fragments. And let me say, teach your children. You know, for some of us, we feel we are making our children... You know, they are enjoying life. You cook indomie. You say, oh, I don't want indomie. You want macaroni? No, you want macaroni. And all those things they don't want, they are already cooked. You think you are training them to enjoy life. Don't worry. All this is your business empire. Hmm? You are going to hand them over to them, right? Have you realized, go study, go to your own studies. Have you realized that very few families are able to take wealth to the second generation? I can mention a very popular name in this country. They're still fighting over his wealth today. The man had everything. Had newspapers, has football club, had everything. You know? So those children, you don't teach frugality. Your labor is at the mercy of their wastefulness. The first thing is they will sell everything first. We just sell everything. So you're not helping them. You're not helping them. 
We must learn, you see, because the black man has been poor for a long time. Wastefulness looks like enjoyment. You know, it looks that way because for a long time, so when you come into wealth, there is something in you that wants to show to the world that you are not, you have broken finally. You have left there. You are not among them again. Show them. Because what use is it that you're spraying money during weddings? What is the functionality of that stupidity? What, 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 what attitude is that? You're spraying money. You have the person's account. The person is your friend, is your cousin. What is that foolishness about? Other than people are coming, hey, go, go, go. And then your money is gone. And, and, you know, we don't even need, listen, I'm serious. We don't even need government to ban some of these things. It's just a little civility on our parts. Just knowing that life doesn't work this way. I know some of you do it. You need to stop it. It's, it's embarrassing. This is 2023. We can't still behave like we're living in caves. You have the person's account. You have, you, we're just wasteful. Then after that, fights will now come that the money they picked was not complete. It, it, trouble. <laughs> when you could have just bless the person, transfer to the person. I know we've stopped it now. And you know the reason we stopped it? She now said, ah, when they were spraying one woman, the woman did not give birth. Fear. We stopped. What government could not stop in years? Religion <laughs> has stopped. Don't be wasteful. Proverbs 28, 20 says, a faithful man shall abound with blessings. A man that is faithful. Faithful man shall abound with blessings. Alright. Proverbs 28, verse 20. A faithful man will abound with blessings. But he who makes haste to be rich will not go unpunished. There are no shortcuts to wealth, child of God. Praise the name of the Lord. There are no what? Shortcuts to wealth. Help me tell your neighbor, there are no shortcuts to wealth. If you want to get wealthy, be patient. One of the things that have destroyed the moral fabric of our nation is impatience towards wealth. Let me tell you, the kind of friends you should have in your life is if you come to them and say you bought a new car, it's not the ones that they will clap for you. Eh? It's the ones that will ask you, how did you get it? That's the most important question. It's only in our, in our society today we're celebrating overnight wealth. Even in, I mean, I, I, I told you the story here of a young minister that submitted to me and I was mentoring him. And uh, he just started our ministry. So one time, he sent me a tithe. He just sent me a tithe. It's 20,000. So I, I prayed for him. Two weeks later, he sent me about maybe 20,000, 30,000. So I, I called him. I said, what, what's going on? I said, I've, I've received 50,000 from you in a month. He said, oh, God is blessing the ministry. I said, how? Because I, you just started. I said, how? I, 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 the blessing was too quick for me. Even me that is teaching you. I don't know how to be blessed that quick. So I asked him. I said, what's going on? So he told me a few things. So I realized, yeah, certain parties taken in the ministry are not com wasn't comfortable with me. So I told him, I said, see, if you go this path, you, you can, money will come quickly. You know, 
But I don't think that's the path God wants you to go and how you should do, do ministry. And uh, after a while, uh, the tide ceased. You know, sometimes that's the consequences for saying the truth. And a few months later, I saw on Facebook the things he was doing. The things he was doing. And uh, of course, that relationship is no longer today. And I say a couple of things that he's doing. The truth of the matter is, even in ministry, there is no shortcuts to increase. You have to be patient. Hmm? Wives, be patient with your husband. Stop all the unnecessary comparison. If you are a man, if you are a man, if he is a man. I know you don't know, but he's a man. Relax. Husbands, be calm with your wife. For instance, you know you married a woman who is not very, very, you know, maybe highly educated. There's a limit to the financial value she can bring to the home. There, there can be a bit of a limit to that. So you, you don't have to compare her with someone at your workplace. You, no, 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 no. They're different. Everybody has their financial capacity. There's how far people can contribute. And you've got to be comfortable with that. That God will bless us is not in question. We will be patient enough to wait for the time. And that's why a lot of people don't receive their harvest. They're quick. They're not patient. They're wasteful. They're in a hurry. And that has its disadvantages. Can you say amen? amen. Alright, number six. So inspiringly. So inspiringly. So people are not being generous. Second Corinthians chapter 6. Sorry, Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. Put it up for me quickly. Second Corinthians 9, 6. You want to give. You want to receive. But you don't want to give much. Hmm? You don't want to be of a blessing. But you want to receive much. Says he that sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. You control your harvest. Be generous in your giving. See, once in a while, I stretch my faith where giving is concerned. Once in a while, I just say, you know what? I'm going to stretch my faith. I'll give what I've not given before. I stretch my faith where giving is concerned. I stretch my faith where offerings are concerned. I stretch my faith where ministering to my pastor is concerned. Why? I want to give bountifully. I want to sow bountifully. No giving is convenient, child of God. No giving is convenient. Hallelujah. Don't think you would ever have that time where, oh, you're going to have enough and give. No, stretch your faith. Stretch your faith. People want bountiful harvest, but they want to sow sparingly. <laughs> Hallelujah. Doesn't work that way. Um, Proverbs 11.25 It says, The generous soul shall be made fat. The generous soul shall be made fat. The generous soul shall be made fat. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 25. The generous soul. The generous man will prosper us. He will water us. Will himself be watered. Be generous. Learn to be generous. Hmm? Generous does not always mean that you have money. Learn to be generous. Just learn it. You entered a bike. The change is 10 naira or 20 naira. 
stopped in front of church. The man said he has no change. Then you now follow the man back to Webros to collect. <laughs> and said, no, no, be generous. Just learn it. Huh? There's something I, I, I used to do way back when I was entering taxes. Hmm? When you enter a taxi with older people, just learn to pay for them. Just be of a blessing. It's not extra. Just, just be of a blessing. I remember one time, then we're still starting. It wasn't like we had so much money. I went to buy bread then. Uh, we just got married then. Went to buy bread. And I saw this old man. You know, you could buy the loaf or you could buy slice of bread and then they'll put butter for you. Just some money then. Something not so much. And I saw this old man. You know, he came to just buy one slice of butter and, every, and bread. Butter and bread slice. Also, I had enough to buy. So I told him, no, you, you can have one loaf. Ah, man, the man prayed for me until I dodged him. <laughs> you know, he held the bread. He prayed, he prayed. I was walking, he was praying. I was walking, I entered another street. He followed me, he was praying. So I had to dodge him. He could not understand it. Be generous. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Learn to be generous. It's the Christian's attitude. Hallelujah. Are you still here? The generous soul shall be made fat. Why is it that people don't receive their harvest? Number seven, they walk in strife. Strife and bitterness. If you go to Genesis chapter 26 and verse 21, you know, the well of Isaac was covered. But the Bible says he moved on to another well and the Lord blessed him. Hmm? Avoid quarrels in your life. It creates an atmosphere where ministering spirits are not able to minister to you. Avoid strife. Avoid strife in the home. You want God to bless your finances as a family. Avoid all these little, little quarrels. Huh? Avoid strife in your home. Some, some, some homes is like if there is peace, it's, it's strange. They are almost looking at themselves like, we have no quarrels today. Are you okay? Is it, that's the problem. That, and quarrels started to say, hey, this is, because this house is too quiet. Quarry over everything. Hmm? You know, sometimes we're going to, we have a, a marriage stuff coming up, okay? And sometimes there are some things that you just realize this person is this way. Just, just let it be. Hmm? You know, some people are very meticulous. When they arrange the matches, stick or the lighter for the gas it's straight, they almost very straight, if they come back and that thing is turned one degree, it's problem the solution is very simple, buy two lighters right, wife husband, and the wife will know that your own is only straight the husband will know that it will turn off. there's no need are you hearing what I'm saying? Learn to pursue peace. It opens the door for harvest. The scripture says the root of bitterness defiles. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15. You can't be trusting God and you're full of anger, full of bitterness, full of malice, full of hate. We talked about it this morning. The prosperity of your soul is more important to God than your material prosperity. Get your soul in shape. Deal with strife. 
See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. That no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble and by it many be defied. You see, the grace of God is administered where there is no bitterness. So why do a lot of people not receive their harvest? Bitterness and strife. Are you following this? Are you still here? Say amen if you're here. Are you, are you learning some few things now? Yeah, some places to make adjustments. Number eight. I'll just go through it quickly. I'm trusting the Lord I should be able to put this into a book and more expand on it more because I want to teach something else on Wednesday. Number eight. Making channels your source and not God. Hmm? Every, every, everything and everyone God is going to use as a channel. Your job, your uncle, your pastor, whoever God is going to use to bless you is a channel and they are not the source. Learn to trust God. Um, Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 5. Jeremiah 17 verse 5. Some people's hope are too built on other people. Hmm? Cursed, thus says the Lord. Cursed. What does the word curse mean? Not working in the blessing. Curse is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. Your job is not your source. Your job is a channel. God is your source. That's why you find out today, sometimes our bosses will make us to do things we shouldn't do as Christians, and we can't say no because we think, oh, if we don't do that, we're going to lose this job and this and this is going to happen. No. You're putting your trust in man. You're putting your trust in flesh. Verse 6. For he will be like a bush in the desert and will not see prosperity come, mm. but will live in stony waste in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitants. When you say land of salt, you know that Things cannot grow in a salty environment. Since if you trust man, if your confidence is in man, you can't see prosperity when it comes. You'll not be able to discern it. Even as a minister of the gospel, if your trust is in the people you preach to, you will stop teaching the truth and start teaching what people want to hear and start running the church like people want the church to be run and, and you, you make people your source. People are not your source. God is your source. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 7 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and who, whose trust in, is in the Lord. Verse 8, For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes. But its leaves will be green and it will not be anxious in a year of drought nor cease to yield its fruit. It's clear that where your trust is will determine how your life will flourish. The next verse now say. Go to the next verse. We quote it a lot. The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? You know, we quote this scripture without the context from which the scripture came. What's the context from which the scripture came? Trust. You know, your heart can actually trust in man, but you do like your heart is trusting in God. It says deceitful. So you really have to check your heart. Who do you really trust? Who do you trust? Huh? And if the opportunity comes to make money in a wrong way, you should show where your trust is. You know the reason why the two points are connected? The two points are connected because <laughs> when people trust in men and men disappoint them, they get bitter. 
Right? Start getting bitter. Then, their prayer for prosperity is now bitterness embalmed. Father, all those that you are blessed to bless me, that refuse to bless me, I want you to show your finger in my life so that they will know, you know, your whole life, your whole life is now, is now to get blessed as a source of revenge. You, you realize that from that point onwards, the trajectory of your life is bitterness oriented. Trust in man. That's why you realize today, I mean, it's not even that some people don't want to do, go into full-time ministry. It's lack of trust in God. They can't trust God to take care of them. There's very funny stories, you know, we're just, we, want to, we want to save, you know, gather some money. <laughs> I remember someone I was speaking to when, I started, when we started church here 10 years ago. And he said, oh, he knows it's time to get into ministry. So he just want to walk and get us some few things. He's 10 years. He hasn't left. He cannot. Oh, he cannot. He can't, he can't survive on trusting God. He cannot survive on trusting God. You know, for some of us, if our source of income is pulled out, we don't know how to live. We've never believed for anything. And I've always told you, no matter what you earn, learn to put your faith on the line for something. Learn to exercise your faith. Hallelujah. Learn to exercise your faith. Trust. If our trust is in men, we cannot see increase come our way. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. We've got a few more points, but our time is up, so let's see how the Lord leads. If I'll continue on this on Wednesday or some other time. But but it's important that we understand that there is a part we need to play if we want to receive harvest. Hmm? There's a part we need to play if we want to receive harvest. I want to encourage you to get Prosperity and Increase the Missing Link. Get that book and read it again. If you have it, read it again. If you don't have it, one of, one of the books I've written, get it after service and, and read it. Because some of the points I want to talk about are also on that book. Then... Capacity, uh, responsibility, and productivity, the new one I, I just finished. Get those two books, read them again, read them with a heart of understanding. Let God show you areas where you need to make adjustments. I believe that God wants to bless us. I believe that God wants to bring increase our way. And there are certain things we need to do for that increase to come. Are you blessed this morning? Let's pray together. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to thank you. Lord, we thank you for putting your light on your word. And Lord, in areas where we need to make adjustments, I'm asking in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would cause your spirit to help us so that we would receive and walk in the blessing that you have for us. I pray, Jesus, that you would cause our financial lives to be straightened out by the wisdom of God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Can you say loud amen? amen. All right. Uh, three announcements very quickly while we get.
Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.